Hi, this is Suzanne, and you are listening to Sex Advice for Seniors. And this week, I've decided that I'm going to do the show on my own, because having just recently returned from a short break in Istanbul that I was taking with somebody that I'd been on three dates with, I had many reflections that I wanted to share with you about that experience some of which were positive and some of which maybe were not so positive. Let's go back to the beginning. I was approached by someone via email that had read some of my writing online and thought that we might get along. And as a result of that, he asked whether I would be interested in meeting with him. And I was curious to know what he thought about himself and me that might be compatible. So I said, sure, let's meet. I don't often do that, but in this circumstance, I thought, why not? And we met, we went out a couple of times and yeah, we got along. He had some experiences which were similar to mine, some sexual experiences that were similar to mine. And he was also very, very keen on traveling. And he had a job that involved traveling. And one of the uh, qualities that I'm looking for in anyone that I, that I meet really is curiosity, a spirit of adventure, wanting to explore the world because it's something that I'm very keen to do. And I've often said over the past decade, if not more than that, that I see my future older self as a Victorian traveler, not not meaning that I would be traveling around with people carrying my Louis Vuitton luggage and all that sort of thing, but more the fact that I would rock up in places similar to how the Victorians used to do this European tour, and they would go and explore a different city in Europe, and they would just hang out there and you know, drink coffees in lovely cafes and have debaucherous times and basically just stick around for as long or as little as they wanted before moving on to somewhere else. And I thought this sounded like a great way to travel. I've never been a person really who likes these sort of very short-term holidays where you need to cram all your experiences and all the sights of the city or place that you're visiting into a short space of time. I've always thought it was kind of, um, yeah, it just, it just never really suited the way I like to travel. And as a result of that, I don't go on many holidays. And I really enjoyed my experience of living in Las Palmas during the winter for the past couple of years, because it just gave me the opportunity to discover the place in my own time, to see different areas of it without feeling like I was on some sort of a schedule. And just to feel more like um, a person who lived there, a resident, as opposed to a holiday maker. And I really like that. So I was keen and I am keen to meet other people who eventually I can just share those, those, you know, traveling experiences with. And he seemed like a guy that might be up for that. He had been to 59 countries throughout the world He clearly really enjoyed experiencing different places. And so when he asked me after 
We'd had something like three dates. If I wanted to accompany him on a conference to Istanbul for two or three days, really short space of time, I actually had the time in my diary that was available, which was unusual for me. And so I said, yes. And that's where the story starts. So there I am getting to the airport, meeting this guy that I don't really know very well. And the first thing that happened was that they couldn't sit us together. That's not a huge deal. I was sitting in the row in front of him in the same seat. So it wasn't like we were miles apart in the airplane. But of course, we weren't sitting next to each other. So we weren't talking to each other. And so we had a three and a half or so hour flight during which we didn't we didn't communicate really at all. The The airport experience was relatively easy. We got there. There were some cues, but nothing significant. And so it wasn't a stressful situation for either of us. And he, yeah, he seemed quite laid back. I'd already shared with him before the before we left that I'd looked into Istanbul, which he'd been to before. And I'd seen a number of places that I really wanted to go to. And he'd already made it clear to me that he was, this was a work trip for him. So he wasn't going to be available very much, which was fine. I have traveled on my own. And so I'm quite used to just doing my own thing and seeing places that I want to see when I want to see them. And he seemed to think that I, well, and he wasn't wrong, that I was a planner, which I am. And I like looking at and asking people that have been to places that I'm going to visit, what they think about that place, if they have any recommendations for food, for other things to see. And so I'd already made a list and I put it in a Google map and I had a pretty good idea of what I wanted to do when I got to Istanbul. So we get to Istanbul, we get out of the airport, we get in a taxi that he's booked. It's a very long taxi ride because there's a huge amount of traffic, but eventually we end up at the apartment that he booked. I'd noticed that the apartment was two bedrooms, which was good because I'm an incredibly light sleeper and I find it incredibly difficult to sleep with someone, especially someone whom I don't really know. And I've slept with, well, slept with, <laughs> I'm, using, I'm using that term. We didn't get any sleep. I'd had sex with a couple of times, right? So, so there's nothing, um, so there's no, there's no sleep involved in any of this. So I was, I was relieved that he booked two bedrooms because I thought I probably would struggle to get to sleep. And we get to the apartment, there's nobody there to meet us. And there's nobody that is answering any of the messages that he is sending via booking.com, which is frankly, a bit alarming for both of us. And having viewed the apartment before we got there, I noticed it didn't have any reviews and it looked like one of those photos that had been set up. So there was a very strong likelihood in my experience that this apartment might not even exist. 
And when we got to the apartment, there was a bag. I could see there were bags of cement in the reception area, which indicated that perhaps it was undergoing some sort of renovation. So the signs were not good that this apartment was even going to be the place that we were staying. And sure enough, eventually, the very lovely taxi driver who stayed with us um, and helped us with trying to get through to the to the landlord eventually was able to get a hold of somebody via somebody that was entering the building who also didn't really seem to know too much about what was going on. And eventually we got through to somebody and about 20 minutes later, the sky rocked up, let us into the apartment. He had one key and the place was an absolute tip. There were dirty sheets coming out of the washing machine. The beds were unmade. There were footprints of, of, uh, you know, of the builder's dust in the, on the carpet, on the landing of the place. It looked like to my mind that maybe it had, it was being used by the builders as a place for them to keep while they were doing the building work. But, you know, I'm just speculating here. I have no idea. And what was clear was that this place was not somewhere that we were going to be able to sleep or stay. It was completely on, it was, it just wasn't ready for any visitors. And despite the assurances of the guy who let us in that he was going to send in a cleaner immediately and the whole place was going to be ready. By this point, it was already in the evening. We hadn't eaten and we were tired. So we said to him, we're going to go off and eat and we're going to go and find somewhere else to stay. So already there's a challenge there, but my companion was taking it all in good stride. And, you know, while clearly stressed, he wasn't having a complete freak out about the whole thing, which some people that I know definitely would have done. So he's, we're, we're now at a restaurant, we're having some food and we're both looking for alternative places to stay in the area. And he then, we actually, it was me who found a, a hotel that was very, very nearby, like 150 meters away. And there seemed to be a room available that had a sofa bed and a bed, which suited me because, you know, as I said, I, I didn't think I was going to get any sleep with this guy if I was sleeping in the same bed. We, we couldn't, book it on the app. And perhaps that's because it was for the same day or something was going on with the app. So we decided that we were just going to walk to the hotel and we were going to see if we could get a room that way. And he was going to use the power of persuasion and what, and the, the cost that he'd seen on booking.com to try and get a reduced rate directly with the hotel. We go to the hotel, they've got one room available and it's a room with just a double bed or, you know, a a decent sized bed, but it's not two beds. We check in there. I already am anticipating that this is not going to go well for me when it comes to sleep. And we get into bed, a little bit of a fumble, as Peter would say, (laughs) not the full full blown thing. And he's got to wake up in the early, in the early morning to get to this conference. And we both attempt to go to sleep. And it's clear that he's as bad at sleeping with others as I am. And I know, and I can hear that despite the fact that neither of us are, you know, are talking or anything, we're both not sleeping. 
And I'm just lying there trying to relax and trying to get some sleep. And he clearly is trying to do the same. At three o'clock in the morning, his phone, he's, I could see he's like answering emails on his phone. You know, the light from his phone is lighting up the room. And by 5.30 in the morning, he decides that he's going to leave and go and sit in the lobby and try and get some work done there before get, setting off early to go to the conference. So this is clearly a disaster in the making. And I started looking on booking.com and I see that there's a, there's a hotel that's got decent ratings. It's 25 pounds a night. And I'm just going to book that for the next, it's only for another two nights. So, cause we're staying for such a short period of time. And so I book that, I pack up all my stuff. I go and I make my way by public transport across to this hotel, which was, you know, frankly, a bit of a drag, but I get there. It's, it's quiet. It's clean. I've got a nice, comfortable bed, my own bathroom. It's all good. And I send him a text to tell him that, you know, I, I suspect that neither of us were, were going to get any sleep if we remain together. So I booked this hotel and I've checked out and I will see him for dinner on Wednesday, which is the following day, which we'd arranged, um, which I'd, I'd booked a dinner for. He's already at this conference. And, you know, even making that decision, when I reflect upon the younger me, I consider that the younger me would have definitely stuck this one out, right? The younger me would have just suffered the consequence of being with somebody whom I couldn't sleep with. And I would have just returned home exhausted and accepted that that was the price I was going to be paying for for entering into a situation with somebody that I didn't really know. Whereas the older me just took matters into my own hands. I had the financial resources to be able to go and stay at this hotel, other place on my own. It was only costing like just over 50 pounds. So it was, you know, it was, it was, it was reasonable. And the older me just thought, my sleep is more important than trying to accept a situation that clearly is not going to work for me or him for that matter. And the older me just decided that I was going to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And that, you know, I was now in Istanbul, an amazing, magical, wonderful, wonderful place. And I was just going to make the best of it. And the fact is this guy wasn't going to be available anyway. So that nothing was going to change there. And I went off exploring the city. First thing I did was have a lovely massage at a hammam. It was absolutely gorgeous. A building constructed in 1540. Absolutely amazing. Getting scrubbed down and soaped and massaged by this woman who spoke very little English and I speak no Turkish. So it was absolutely delightful. We didn't, we didn't have to try and communicate with each other. I could just relax into this wonderful, wonderful experience, chill out, have that, then go off and um, yeah, then just go off and explore the city, have a nice time and yeah, just just find out about the place and enjoy being somewhere different 
walking up these steep hills with shops on both sides and just, you know, just, just chilling out and, and finding eventually ending up at the, at the pier where I went to the fish market and ended up in a cafe, just having some fresh fish for about eight pounds and just having an absolutely delightful time and a delightful day and going back to my place in the evening, watching a movie on my phone on Netflix and falling asleep and having a really, really, really good sleep, having had an absolutely dreadful sleep the night before. So the following day, I'd already organized to go on a walking tour with some people um, in a part of town that looked really interesting. So I did that and I met on the walking tour a lovely woman of my own age um, and, a, and a guy who was a bit younger. And we ended up going off after the tour and having some lunch together and a really, really fun time. And then me and the and the woman went and took a, a, a cable car up to the um, highest point in Istanbul, where we had an amazing view of the city, a panoramic view of the city. And we just had some tea and some ice cream and chatted. And, you know, I, I realized because one of my things about this fictitious traveling companion that I'm eventually going to meet, right, which in my head is is a is a guy around my own age who's financially secure and curious and has the ability and the desire to want to go and explore all these places with me and do fun adventurous things but the reality is that i may never meet that person right and the reality is that I may end up going traveling on my own, or I may end up traveling with some female friends, or I may do a combination of things. And sometimes I might go with my family. I mean, there's so many different variations of this. And my little fantasy that I've had for so long, I have to acknowledge is, is a fantasy. It's, it's a nice thought. It's a nice little dream that I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have this person, but the reality is that I may not. And I'm 62 years old and I may never meet this person, or I may meet a person who is something like this person, but isn't able to be maybe as free as I would like to be. So in going on this walking tour and meeting these people that I had this great time with, it was a it was a reminder to me that actually solo traveling can be super fun. I can do what I want, when I want. And frankly, I've had sexual encounters when traveling using apps like Tinder and Facebook dating and other things. And if I want that, you know what? that sort of stuff is not unavailable. Like as a woman, you can always have a sexual encounter if that's what you want and you may not want that. Or you may just hook up with a bunch of nice people on a walking tour and discover that you've met some people there that you can carry on and do some other stuff with because they're solo traveling as well. And like me, they're also seeking people who are curious and looking for other opportunities to do stuff with, you know, with others. So that experience just was a reminder to me that we should not limit in our heads what we think we might want and what is available to us and what we can do. So that, that walking tour, which turned out to be a super fun day with some really nice people that I really enjoyed being with was just a reminder that actually I can turn up at any of these places on my own if I want to. I mean, you know, 
aside from the fact that some places might not be safe for female travelers of any age, most places in the world are safe. And Turkey, Istanbul, sometimes has a reputation as not being safe for women, but I certainly didn't find that for myself. I was absolutely comfortable and felt safe walking on the streets, taking public transport. I didn't get hassled. Nothing happened until the final day, which which had nothing to do with being a woman, just had to do with my, with, you know, either my flaky old menopausal brain, postmenopausal brain, or just stuff that happens. But we'll get onto that later. Anyway, um, yeah, so I had a really nice day. And then uh, that evening, I met my friend for dinner at a restaurant that that I'd booked and that I'd been recommended by my son, which which was absolutely delicious. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed that. The food was 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 really yummy. But what was funny for me about about that experience was that he'd suggested that we meet for a drink beforehand, but despite the fact that he was a guy who worked in the travel industry, he had no data roaming on his phone. So when he wasn't in a hot spot or picking up somebody's Wi-Fi, he was basically unavailable, which seemed really odd to me because I've got a contract that just includes roaming and I don't work in travel, but I just think it's one of those nice to haves and is actually super affordable. So no longer do you have to be like incredibly wealthy to just have a contract that includes most of Europe on your, you know, on your phone. So I wasn't able to get in touch with him uh, while he was making his way to the restaurant. He was late. I sent him a message to say I was sitting in the hotel reception, which was next door. And when he didn't turn up, I went to the restaurant because by this point it was starting to get a bit late. And there he was sitting at the bar because he'd only just logged into a, to a Wi-Fi hotspot, which was just crazy, but you know, whatever. It's just another one of those things where I just thought that that was a bit, that was a bit odd. Um, so yeah, so we had a so we we had a lovely dinner. The next day was supposed to be his free day, which was supposed to be the day that we had planned to spend together. And you know, despite the fact that I knew that most of this trip I wasn't going to spend with him, and I was okay with that and had sorted myself out and was doing my own thing, I still did have some expectation that we would spend some time together exploring the city. And I, and I was looking forward to that because he'd been there before. And I just thought it would be nice to have somebody that I knew a little bit about to hang out with. But as it turned out, one of his clients suggested that he go to lunch with them and that he do some other work that they wanted him to do. And so he made the decision that he was going to do that, which is fair enough because the guy was on a work trip. Nevertheless, there, there was an aspect of that that for me was about the choices that we all make. And clearly he thought, I'm an independent woman and I'm, I've been getting... I've been going along fine on my own up until now. So probably, you know, he thought I wouldn't be that bothered. And I wasn't really that bothered. But on reflection, I realized that actually this trip had basically been me as a solo traveler with some very um, short 
periods of time that we had spent together. I didn't really know too much about this guy more than I knew before I left. And I have to say that one of the things that had struck me about this experience, because I think one of the one of the interesting things about traveling with somebody just in general is that it does teach you a lot about the kind of person that you're with, whether you're with somebody that's a planner like me or with whether you're with somebody who's a bit more laid back like him or with Peter, for instance, that, you know, came out to Las Palmas to see me whether you're a person who wants to go exploring or whether you can go exploring and whether that's something that is a priority for you or whether you're just one of these people who just likes wandering around and not really uh, bothered about whether you see kind of the, the key sites of the place. I come from a family of foodies and people who have taken holidays on a pretty frequent basis. And my kids are very curious and we've gone on numerous adventures together when they were younger. So I'm used to being with people who are generally more curious and more interested in exploring the world. And I enjoy being with those type of people. So when I'm with people who clearly are not yeah, there's an element for me of disappointment or, well, I'd just rather be doing this on my own. You know, there's there's really no point for me in being with someone who's going to actually hold me back from doing this kind of stuff that I desire or want to do. And, you know, the payoff is that I'm, you know, the good, the, the side of this, which is positive is, of course, you know, you've got somebody along that's a friend and you can hang out with and you can have a conversation with, you know, the flip side is that you might prefer to be doing other stuff that you're not able to do because they're just either not up for it or they can't or, or whatever it happens to be. So, you know, as a, as somebody now reflecting back on all of this, it's like, I could have gone on this trip on my own. There wasn't really a reason for me to go. And all this guy really did was get me out to a place that I've not seen and which I did love and which I would definitely return to because I just thought it was an absolutely fascinating and wonderful place. Um, The other thing, of course, I learned about him is that he's, he didn't seem to be pretend, even though he, he approached me because he was interested in my writing and what I talk about and what I do. He didn't actually seem to be that interested to know about me. So he didn't ask me, you know, some of the questions that people who might be more interested in me would ask. And frankly, he knows virtually nothing about me, really, really nothing, and didn't seem that keen to know that much about me. And finally, as a woman, and I suspect I'm not alone in this, and a lot of women like this. And Caitlin Moran once said something about this um, in an article that she wrote that I that I that I kept and will never forget when talking about people giving out compliments. And she was talking about people giving compliments to her daughters and how we need to treat compliments as like little bits, morsels of food, things that make us feel good and things that we should appreciate. And when we receive a compliment, rather than batting it away, we should say, thank you. And that's very kind of you and acknowledge a compliment for what it is. And one of the things that I noticed about this man was that he was not one to give out compliments. And 
I had made some effort when we went out for dinner in looking nice, in bringing a nice dress with me, in trying to be as attractive as I possibly can be and doing all these things. And, you know, my expectation was that he might say, wow, you look great. Or, oh, I really love your dress. Or, you know, any of those other things that some people in my life have said and do continue to say and which I do appreciate. And I and I think as as an older woman, we, you know, having and receiving compliments is something that makes us feel sexy. It makes us feel attractive. It makes us feel wanted and it makes us feel good about ourselves. <laughs> and so not receiving any compliments at all did make me think, you know, I don't really understand what it is about me that you like, other than you may just think that, you know, I'm going to have sex with you. And fair enough, I get that. But if you really want somebody to feel attractive and feel wanted and want to have sex with you, then surely telling them how sexy you think they are and how attractive and how they, you know, what a turn on you are for them is going to help, you know, uh, lubricate those areas that need to be lubricated in circumstances such as sex. So I did think in retrospect, I don't, you know, I had to laugh and think, I, I don't really know what all of this is about. Like maybe he had asked me on this trip without the expectation that I would say yes you know, in the same way that when I've invited people to, you know, join me where I live, I don't necessarily mean for the entire duration of the time I'm there. I'm just, I just mean like, you know, drop in for a week or two, not like stay a lifetime. And similarly, maybe this guy didn't think that I actually was going to come to Istanbul. Maybe he just said it out of just something to say out of, you know, generosity and didn't actually or hadn't really thought through the ramifications of what it would mean for me to actually turn up. So there you go. That's my 30 minutes of babbling on about about my recent experience of traveling to Istanbul with a complete or not total stranger, but somebody that I didn't really know very well, and what it taught me about myself, about solo traveling, about my desire and ability to attract a person in my life who want to, who might want to travel with me in the same way that I like to travel, and how I have to acknowledge that, you know, being a mainly single woman, doing what I want, when I want, is the times when I feel at my happiest. And we have to all acknowledge as older people listening, you know, as as our listeners, those times in our lives when we do feel happy and the desire societal expectations that are placed upon us sometimes to do things and fulfill roles which don't make us happy and how we can move towards being happy in ourselves and releasing ourselves from the burden that society often places on us, especially as older women, to do things and be in a certain way when actually the times when we are our happiest is when we are single.
although not necessarily always alone. That's it from me at Sex Advice for Seniors, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. I certainly enjoyed sharing my experience with you, and I'll be back next week with Peter talking about something. Who knows what? It's a surprise. Bye-bye.